Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Um, if you're new to Wednesday nights, we may have a couple folks that are new to Wednesday nights. If you're new to Wednesday nights, what we do is a systematic study of the Bible. And we, I feel led and I, I pick a book. And then once we get into a book, we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Okay? So, or verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And it is a Bible study. This is a full-blown service on Wednesday night, but it's a little more informal. There's less folks here. And we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So let's start Romans chapter 8, verse 1. This is a great verse. Great verse. And I want to start it with New King James Version. Thank you, Valeria, for putting this one up first. Because for some reason, the New Living Translation... Um, just leaves it out. A few other translations too. And it's in the original Greek. You can look in the original Greek and it's there. So I don't understand why they would leave a full phrase out. Uh, That's just really bizarre to me. But let's read this verse. Look at this. This is New King James Version. I usually teach out of New Living because it's just clearer. It's more modern. It's easier to understand. But look at this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Is that good news? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to dissect condemnation here in a minute. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That is a very good and accurate translation. The new living, for some reason, is not as clear. All it says is there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Okay? The problem with that is if you leave the other half off, then people are led to believe, well, I've belonged to Christ, I belong to Christ Jesus now, and uh, there's no condemnation, yes, comma, but only if you walk according to the Spirit. Are you still with me? There are believers who are very carnal. What is carnal? It means they practice some areas of weakness and sin more than they should. Is everybody with me? I know everybody in here is a believer. You've accepted Jesus. There's different levels of spirituality in here. But God has not called you to be a carnal Christian. What's a carnal Christian once again? It's someone who says, well, I'm going to just ignore these weaknesses and put them off for later. Procrastinating, right? Anybody in here, are you a procrastinator? About some things you would say so? I am about some stuff. You put it off for later. And that's okay in some areas, right? There's two different schools of thought on that. There is, why do now what you can put off for later, right? You've heard that? And then the other ones who aren't procrastinators say, why do later what, why put off for later what you can do now? Which is great. And I know some of you, that's awesome. I admire that. Um, But some things, my wife goes, man, baby, you take initiative. You're a go-getter. You're a hard worker. But some areas, you... You procrastinate. I'm like, I, I'm like, I know. I told her one day, I told you guys this a few months ago. This is a true story. Look how ignorant this sounds. This is all on me. She goes, I don't know what Jen was talking about. She goes, you know, you need to get better at doing this certain thing. I don't even remember what it was. And she goes, she goes, you need to stop procrastinating. And I go, man, baby, you're so right. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. I think I, it just came out of my mouth. I said, I'm going to work on that later. <laughs> what? That sounds like a problem 
what do you think? You need to work in this area. And baby, come on, you're just a great husband. She was being so great about it, so gracious. But you know, And I said, yeah, but I'll, I'm going to do better, but later. <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Man, we might be here all night. Let's just, let's just slow down here. Let's slow down here. We've got plenty of time. Don't put off becoming more and more godly. Don't put it off. I say this all the time. There's areas of weakness in believers. I know it. Let me give you some examples. Um, There was a lady years ago, and and Jen and I had not been saved long. We were still learning boundaries. We hadn't been married long. Sorry. We'd been saved a long time at that point. This lady had not been saved long. Sorry. Man, you pull that out and go, man, Pastor Matt hadn't been saved. He's only been saved 15 or 16. No, I've been, actually been saved closer to 40 years. And Pastor Jen, um, over 30. But, well over 30. But the lady we were dealing with, and she attended regularly, she had not been saved long. That was what George Bush would call a mixed message. A mixed message. Remember, he had a hard time talking sometimes. Bless his heart. So, here we were on a Friday, and we were coming more and more into pastoring. We hadn't been married that long. And somebody, I don't remember the whole story, but I remember they contacted us and said, can you come to my house and pray? My house is haunted or something. I feel demons in my house and stuff. I don't know why we didn't say we'll go on a Saturday or we'll, we'll make an appointment and go. I know it's an emergency for you right now, especially after we knew the full story. But we could have gone Monday or the following week, whatever. Well, it was our Friday together. So that doesn't happen anymore, something like this. Especially, you know, lack of planning on someone's part is not an emergency on my part, right? Now, there are emergencies. There's real emergencies. But Jen and I, we spend Fridays together. So we were serving God, and I was an associate pastor here, and she was the director of the daycare, and we were doing Bible study groups, all this other stuff, working in the ministry. Someone said, come to my house. you got to come pray, right, like right now. It was on a Friday. Shouldn't have answered our phones. I don't remember the whole story. We get out to her house, and it's spooky, man. Spooky. Kind of felt the hair on the back of my neck standing up a little bit. Y'all ever felt that before? Maybe when you watch a scary movie you shouldn't have, or you just felt something weird. You said, oh, this is... We get in there, and guess what? We, we saw, I don't know if Blu-ray was out then. It, it may have been. I don't know if there were Blu-rays or DVDs. But man, they had a collection of horror movies at the house. But they were having a haunting, a haunted emergency. And that's, this is a believer, a practicing Christian, but there was an area that they had just flirted with and put off for later kind of ignored now is let's just be real here tonight this is not a you say man is this a big deal well is watching horror movies walking according to the spirit or the flesh you decide go it's not a hard question do those movies glorify god and i know look in the strictest sense of it we're going to watch some silly movies here and there that are clean and you just get well okay I don't know. I don't know about this movie and it's corny or whatever. At least it's clean. But horror movies, we know those are blatantly, blatantly against what God would want you to see, right? Okay. 
So this girl was dominated by fear. Oh, man, she was scared. Her house felt scary. But they were, they were watching horror movies. They were practicing that. That's walking according to the flesh. All right? Scripture says, give no place to the devil. And the logic of that is, that just the common sense part of that is, there's just some things you don't, you don't allow in your home. I used this example last night at men's Bible study. And I've used it for years here. But when we lived on Permian Drive, my wife and I, it seemed to be the main thoroughfare for every street vendor in town. Starting with the paletero. Does everybody know what a paletero is? He sells paletas. Right? And what are paletas? They're, they're the little ice cream sticks. or little, little uh, what are those called? Popsicles. Yeah. I could remember it in Spanish, not in English. Wow, that's good and bad. English is my first language. But man, they, he would come down the street. That street was always um, popular for the, you know, the creepy ice cream trucks. The music's all messed up and the kids are all, yay, you know. The guy comes out and he's kind of dirty, you know. Wow. So they'd go through there. Man, they'd hit our street up to sell st- steaks. Just everything. I guess because it's right in the middle of town and it connects Del Paso and Turner, I guess. Mormons, right? I never understood that. The Mormon, one of them is an elder, but he looks like he's about 14. But he's an elder. Have you ever wondered about that? Elder Jeff. But he's like a fraction of my age. Anyway, but they'd go door to door. The Jehovah's Witness, man. And, and then the door church. They preach the gospel, but man, they say hip-hop concert. Saturday night, man. We'd get those flyers. Just there's always something. Always something. I'm saying all that to say this. If I answer the door to the house, then it's up to me to take care of the next steps. But I don't have to answer the door, do I? Now, if I answer the door, I decide, am I going to let them in? Am I going to talk to them? There's a whole slew of other decisions now that are taking place. If I open the door. But I don't have to open the door. I was given an example last night. I don't remember the whole story, but Jen... Jen told me one time, and it's been years ago, she said, somebody came to the door. You weren't home. I was inside with the dog, she said, and they're, they're barking, especially Gentry. Oh, he had this big old, roo, 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 big old bark. So she stayed inside and talked to the guy through the door. I don't remember the whole situation. And she said, you can come later and, and see my husband and talk to him later, but I'm not able to open the door right now. I don't remember the whole story, but that took care of him, right? She did not open the door to this stranger. I don't know if she had a weird vibe or saw him through the window or what. But in the same way, when you walk according to the flesh, you're opening the door to the enemy. You ever tried to close a door on someone and they put their foot in the door? There's not much you can do unless you kick their foot out, push them out, something. They've already gotten the proverbial foot in the door. So men and women of God, believers in this house, on the live stream and in this house tonight, be careful what you open the door to. Some people say, man, there's drinking in my family. There's alcoholics. But I'm just going to drink a glass of wine every night. That's between you and God. You say, man, pastor, you saying that's going to send me to hell? No, I'm not. But why would you want to mess with that? And if you ever get to the place where you say, well, I have to have it every day, that's an issue. That's a problem. And what if times get hard? How much more is going to help? So why open the door to that stuff? Why have I never gotten into substances by the grace of God? I don't know 
all the stuff that's in my family tree. I don't. Now, we've all had weaknesses. We've made mistakes. We've asked God for forgiveness. We've opened the door in, in ways over the years. But man, think about it. Think about it. Think about some of the, many of the problems we could have avoided if we never would have started a bad habit or a bad relationship. We opened the door, right? Something to think about. Let's read this verse again in the New King James Version. There is therefore now no condemnation. What is condemnation? Shame. Disgrace. Mm, a guilty verdict. You're in guilt. Uh feeling of punishment or punishment, actual punishment. The judge condemned the crime and said there's, there's punishment, there's consequences now. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Someone say number one. In Christ Jesus. Uh-huh. And look at this. Number one is in Christ Jesus and who do not walk according to the flesh. So you got to be in Christ Jesus, and not walk according to the flesh. The last part of that is, but according to the Spirit. So you're in Christ Jesus, you've accepted the Lord, you know you're part of the family of God, and you're not deliberately walking according to the flesh, opening the door to the enemy. There may be a lot of traffic at your spiritual door. You don't have to open it, though. You don't. I'm telling you, man. There were times I'd, I would drive down that street, Right in Midtown, right by the old, old, the first Walgreens by the, by the mall. I'd be driving down the street. I can, I don't know how many times, seems countless. I'd be driving home and there's somebody selling something. And I'm going, oh man, I'm driving past and they're going to see me pulling up in my driveway. Dude's doing tricks with rags and spraying stuff. Hey, sir, check this out, man. You got some stain. Look, uh, look right on this with a marker. Watch this. <laughs> wow, you know. I got to the point with, I'm at the point with Vivint. I had such a bad experience with him. I'd call them, and I'd been a customer for um, 10 years, 9 years last summer, and they could not find me in their system. I said, the alarm's going off at my house for the system I pay for every month, and you can't find my name at the system. But there they are, Vivint, selling something, wearing the orange and stuff and a hat. And they're, they're going to knock on my, and I just say, I would just meet them at the street sometimes. I'd say, hey, God bless you, man. I bet you're cool, but I'm not buying from Vivint. <laughs> what? Bad experience. You want to tell me about it? Some, I was like, yeah, you got time? I'm glad you asked. Take this back to home office. See what they say. Take this back with you. Post this up. And other times I was like, no, man, hey, I'm sure you're cool. And some of them get offended, get a little aggressive. Man, well, come on, sir, you got a minute? I'm like, I do not. I do not. Can you imagine? That's me meeting. This is, this is not a perfect analogy, but can you imagine stepping out and speaking to sin and say, you can't, even, you can't even leave the sidewalk and walk up to my door. You're not walking in my door, but you're not even going to be on my property. I had somebody recently here. I told the story. Someone came, and I just preached, and I went out on the sidewalk here, and it was a man wearing a blonde afro wig. I say afro, but it, it, was, just, it was just curly. It was, it, was, it was big. It was a man in a miniskirt. He had nicer legs than me, but you could tell it was a man and there were problems. And he, he wanted to, I'm going to say he, just to spite him, right? Because he did not want to be himself. He 
telling me a strange story, and it got to the point, he said, if you could just write a check. I said, number one, I don't, I don't write the checks here. <clears throat> but, uh, oh, and by then, angry. But I remember at that point, I said, I'm going to get them away from the front door. I'm going to escort them to the sidewalk and say goodbye. Right? Because it's already, it's already going downhill. Now they're mad. They're here to start a problem, a scandal, something. And I'm going to tell you this about sin. There's, you have an old weakness, you don't even flirt with it. Don't stand and have a conversation with your old weakness. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't stand and, because and, you know why? Oh man, the enemy. There's a saying in Spanish, and I don't remember it exactly, but it's a good one. Let me kind of roughly translate it. The devil isn't clever just because he's, or demons, just because they're the devil or demons. But they may be millions of years old. They're old and experienced, and they've dealt with much smarter people than me. So don't stand there and argue and have a conversation with the devil or with an old sinful weakness. Don't even flirt with it. Scripture says resist the devil and he will flee. You get to the point where you say, you know what? I am not going to walk according to the flesh. I'm not going to go back there. Heaven forbid that I ever revisit that. Can you imagine someone who's an alcoholic says, well, I'm going to just go visit the bar and just hang out, just watch TV. Order water only. Well, no. No. How about, I had a problem with sodas and I damaged my kidneys, so I'm going to go ahead and buy a 24-pack of Dr. Pepper. Keep it in the fridge just in case. It's for my gas. Brother, sister, I feel you. Dr. Pepper's amazing, especially with a little squeeze of lime in it. You should try that. Lime and that Dr. Pepper or Coca-Cola. Very good. But man, you got a weakness for that? You got a, man, you're coming off sugar or you've struggled with diabetes or something. Why would you have that there in the house, right? So let me read this verse again. I know I'm hitting it hard, but this is such an important verse. This is, this is one of those powerful, powerful moments with God, I believe, when you read this and let it be a revelation to you. There is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt, no punishment, no shame, no disgrace to those who are in Christ Jesus, but it's for those who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And see, in the New Living Translation says, oh, there's just no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's true, but it's only part of what you need to be reading. Let's go on to verse 2. And because you belong to Him, who? Jesus. Everybody in this room belongs to Jesus. I believe that. I do. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Does sin lead to death? Yes, in the same book of Romans, Scripture says the wages of sin is death. Let me go back to verse 2. Let's read that again. Because you belong to Jesus, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Okay? <clears throat> so this refers back to chapter 7 remember the apostle paul is dealing with sin he's struggling with it he's talking to it said man the best things the good things the good intentions i have they're overruled by sinful nature and he's talking about it well here's the answer to it praise god the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death verse 3 the law of moses this is good once again i believe verse 3 sums up the solution to chapter 7. Okay, remember, once again, the Apostle Paul was dealing with, man, wretched man I am, I'm struggling, how do I do this? 
uh, you know, but thank God for Jesus and his sacrifice. You know, I want to obey God's law, but I struggle because of the sin that is in my nature. But here's the good news. The law of Moses was unable to save us because was the law of Moses good? It was great. Full of truth. It was from God. Moses met with God on Mount Sinai. God gave the law to Moses. The law of Moses was unable to save us because why? The weakness of our sinful nature. This is good news. So God did what the law could not do. Mm. He just had to take care of it himself. He's like, I gave you the law, but all the law did was point out how sinful we were, huh? And those who have read their Bible at all in the Old Testament, somebody told me yesterday, thank God for Jesus. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in what? In a body like the bodies we sinners have. That translation is interesting because that works. I do not believe, though, that Paul is actually calling believers sinners. I believe he's speaking about the world in general we sinners have before coming to Christ. Because the rest of this verse explains that. So one translation says Jesus came, he came in sinful flesh, in the form of sinful flesh. Meaning, everybody was born into sin. Scripture says that. You've got to be able to accept Jesus. The only way to beat sin was for God to come down in the form of Jesus, okay? So, and in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. Scripture says He was the perfect sacrifice. He put an end to the need to, let's sacrifice another lamb. Let's sacrifice another lamb. Let's sacrifice another goat. No, Jesus is the perfect Lamb of God once and for all. Someone say once and for all. Sacrificed once and for all. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. He did this so that the just requirement of the law, it was a righteous requirement, it was a good requirement, it's just nobody could meet it without Jesus. He did this, what? Allowed Jesus to be sacrificed, Scripture says, no one took his life, he gave his life, he laid his life down. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Let's stop there. Has anyone ever had a debt that they paid off? Let me go ahead and see some hands. Oh, man. That, that's a good feeling, isn't it? One of the ways they say it at a bank or whatever, they'll send you the letter and say, this debt has been satisfied. It's not hungry for your money no more. It's not thirsty for your, for your $100 bills. It's done. It's paid off. Interesting, the word amortization, you know when you amortize something to pay it off, it comes from the Latin word that means to kill off. So you're killing off a debt. And when a debt is killed off, then it's satisfied. And I've, I love that. I've, I've kept, when we've paid off vehicles, me and Jen, I kept the letter, man. They sent it with the title and says, congratulations, this, this debt has been satisfied. Your vehicle's paid off. Or get another letter for something else. This has been satisfied. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied, paid in full. Someone say paid in full. Uh-huh. Satisfied for us. He didn't need it satisfied for him. He was, he was God all by himself. I've heard old school preachers say, man, he's God all, all by himself. He doesn't need anybody else. But he wanted us. And he said, man, the only way I, you guys can be saved 
The only way you can overcome sin is if I help you. Praise God. Let me read it again. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, hmm, but instead follow the Spirit. That's an interesting, that's an interesting statement there. So the, 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 the requirement of the law, it's fully satisfied and paid off for you if you don't continue practicing sin. That's what that verse looks like, doesn't it? Did, did anyone else get that? That's what it looks like, huh? He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. That refers back to verse 1, doesn't it? Let's keep going. Those who are dominated, there's that word. What's another word for dominated? Controlled, manipulated, led, pressured into. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit or dominated by the Holy Spirit do what? They think about things that please the Spirit of God. Let's read that verse again. There's a lot of good repetition in here. Many times it takes a hundred times to remember something. I know, I know. Sometimes <clears throat> there's times I go to work out and we're doing the same workout plan. And I'm, I'm so distracted talking to my partner that, that I go... Um, what are we doing? He said, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he gets tired of me asking. <laughs> what are we working out? What are we, what are we doing? How many reps? You know, after I do the set, I'm, I'm good. But I say, well, how many, how many are there? And then I joke with it. And then I'm joking, and then I'm remembering the jokes I did that were incorrect. Uh, what are we doing, 13 reps? Like, no, eight, eight sets of, you know, whatever. Or three, three sets of eight, whatever. Repetition is good, all right? Repetition is good. But to be controlled by the Spirit, I'm going to tell you right now, it, ta it does take reps. It takes repetition. It takes doing every day. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that what? Please the Spirit. Mm, that's so powerful. You think about, man, how can I please God? Even if you guys know how it is. When you want to live right and you're living right and doing good, but you have some areas that you struggle with, you say, man, Lord, I want to please you in this area. I'm just struggling. Well, good news. Show up Sunday. We're going to talk more about renewing your mind. You don't get your mind renewed without the Word. You do not get your mind renewed without the Word. If you keep doing what, you'll al what you've always done, you'll, you'll get the results you've always gotten. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll get the results you've always gotten. Someone said years ago, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. Say, man, well, I'm not going to change my eating. I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to do, I'm going to keep doing everything I've always done. I'm not even going to go for walks, but I think I'm, I may start losing weight. That's, that's why. Or gaining weight. You want to gain muscle, whatever. But that's, that's why these pills... What, what is one of them? Hydroxy cut? Man, that'll give you heart palpitations. Say, man, I'm going to take a pill, and that's going to that's gonna solve it all. No, it, it takes some discipline. It takes some work. It's, some things are harder than others. And I've got to say this. God's Word, God's Word is very simple in so many aspects. It's, it's simple enough for a child to understand it, the gospel, right? 
accept Jesus. He died on the cross. He took your place. All these great things. It's simple, but it's not always easy putting it into application mode, is it? So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Yeah, that makes good sense according to the word. Full counsel of the word. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit... Have you noticed the word letting? You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to control your mind. Letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life. Wow. And peace. Let's stop there. I think I'm going to end up stopping there for tonight. Romans 8, 6. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Why? Because if your sinful nature is controlling your mind, you're going to do sinful things, sinful activities, right? But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And then you go to Galatians chapter 5, I believe verse 20. What is that? Verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many of you want life and peace? Oh, I do. I do. I don't want death. Mm -mm. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes tonight, if you would, please. Thank you for listening. You're such good, attentive listeners, such great students. If there is anyone at the sound of my voice tonight, I'm going to get right into it because the Spanish service is coming in soon. If there is anyone at the sound of my voice tonight who would say, Pastor Matt, if I died, I don't know where I would go. I've never accepted Jesus or uh, I, I just I don't feel close to God. I don't know if I'm. No, you, you know. And if you're not sure of where you will spend eternity, we've got to take care of that right now. For those on the live stream, those in this house, is there anyone here who would say, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. If you've never done it in public before, would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. Say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. God bless you, man. That takes courage and guts. Anybody else? Let's pray together. I want everybody to repeat this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you. Say, I receive the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. Say, apart from you, God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for my sin. Say, I confess and believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He's the Lord of all. And he died and rose again for me. Say, I believe. Say, thank you for forgiving me, Lord. Thank you for saving me from hell, from my past, and from sin. I believe. Holy Spirit, come to live within me. I'm your temple. I'm your house. I believe. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.